right, welcome to another episode of Modern Life. I am Sam, joined today by Stacy. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about, I guess, something a little bit more of a current event than what we usually do. Um, Stacy and I wanted to talk about, um, I guess, just our experience through 2020 so far and navigating the unemployment life since we both work at a restaurant. Um, that is, you know, luckily now reopened again since we are in California. But we wanted to just kind of talk about everything that's been going on, and especially now with Congress going to recess in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but we're going to just kind of be talking about that whole thing. So before we jump into it, as always, we're going to be doing some modern thoughts, talking about stuff that's on our mind besides the main topic. Um, Stacy, you want to start? Sure. So there's this, like, new trend in 2020 um where women are going on these hikes either by themselves or with a group of women and they're taking their shirts off and doing topless like photos but they're not doing it where they're exposing themselves they're doing it with their back like away right you know they're back toward the camera um and the whole purpose of them is like supposed to be for like they usually do this after like a breakup or like a body image issue or whatever it's like basically to claim their independence it's supposed to like feel liberating okay um i think i'm my youth, like a bunch of women, like shave their head during to to pretty much represent the same thing. Okay. Um, and I don't know what's your take on it. But what what's well, your take perfect. on it? This I mean, not a I, honestly, I, I think it's amazing. Um, I I'm not opposed to something like that as long as you're not forcing your opinions or your like your experience off on other people. So meaning, like, if there are other people around, yeah, you shouldn't be doing it because you know, heaven knows there could be a kid or somebody that maybe shouldn't be seeing that okay um but i mean if it's really like in nature and there's no one else around like i'm all for it like if you want to i I can imagine it feeling very liberating so this is like a legit trend yeah it's like a legit trend um some like it's happening in like seven or eight different states uh colorado seems to be like the biggest one uh but toplessness is legal there um, so it's not against I'm the law. So confused. What, what are you confused about? I don't about? know. I, just, I don't have a take on this at all. I mean, just take whatever picture you want. I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just you know, some people say that it's not. Some people would say that it's not something you should be exposing. What your back? No, because you don't. Like, you don't see the front. Yeah, I know. I'm so like, who cares? What? I don't know. It's, I think it's a cool trend. I just wanted to bring it up. I just see your shoulder blades. Am I? Or am, yeah, am but, I not but there could be other hikers here. around or kids in those spots. Like, I, I, I don't know. United States, uh, at least United States has a very weird okay. idea of body image and like not exposing. Like, it, I know you're from Germany, so you probably have more of a European view on some of this. But I, I mean, no, if I went on a hike out here in beautiful Southern California and there was some guy taking naked photos of his. Yeah, I'd be like, no, get the hell out of here. Yeah, that's. I mean, I yeah, guess but it's is the this, same. Is this a legit problem, or is this just a hypothetical problem somebody brought up? Since it's these... not even really a problem. It's That's just kind me of stating. What I thought. To be honest with you, it's it's me just like noticing a trend and uh, debating whether I think it's a cool one or not. You know, one of these, <laughs> you know, one of these is gonna take like a picture on a cliff and accidentally fall off. Doing... Oh, I'm sure this has happened, but <laughs> this is terrible. I didn't look it <laughs> <Don't> up. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to happen a few times a year take an instagram and fell off a cliff my modern thought is netflix and streaming platforms in general because i feel as though they have saved um the summer in a way because they are it's the only way i can get 
like a summer blockbuster right now, right? Yeah. And that Jamie Foxx movie just came out on Netflix. Was this just called Power? Project Power? Uh, we had the Charlie Theron movie on Netflix where mm-hmm. she's being a badass wielding an axe. I forgot the name of that movie. Neither, neither of the movies are like that great, but they're fun popcorn summer blockbuster BS. You had Hulu with the Andy Samberg thing that was like my summer comedy. Yeah. The Palm yeah. Springs one. Um, I don't know. Just, I feel like the with the movie theaters being shut down, the streaming platforms have like really kind of stepped up to the plate, no? Yeah, I agree. Um, like more so than I remember any other year where like they've just kind of joined the the blockbuster season here. Well, that's already I mean that happened before. They they Netflix started putting out Maybe like, it's just big more names. memorable cuz there's nothing else to watch now. Well, I, I think that you're now actually like watching the movies that yeah. were they were starting to put out cuz like even before the epide- uh, before the pandemic like they were putting out they were starting to like Netflix was really starting to hire like some of the bigger names. Some of the bigger names were coming to Netflix because they could have more freedom to do like yeah. well, stuff that they're throwing they... around money like yeah, it's nothing yeah. Um, and I, you know Disney's gonna release the Mulan movie they announced a week ago. I mean I don't I'm just I'm liking where this whole streaming thing is going. Wait, so is there a point? Is there a point? Yes, yeah. the point is is that <laughs> I love summer blockbuster movies, and I'm just it feels like streaming platforms have just really stepped up to the plate here and. So like, you're basically like giving recognition to something that's occurring at this time. I'm and... not giving recognition. I'm just happy they're there. Okay. I'm that's, just then. Yeah. Summer's not the same without some mediocre summer blockbusters, and I'm just I'm glad. I don't know because there was there, we had like Top Gun coming out, and not, you know Fast and Furious got to, like all these movies, and it's like okay, you're spending so much time at home, and then these blockbusters have been released little by little now on the stream platforms i'm just um that's my modern thought i'm just happy about it okay can i not be happy well i i i I agree with you i was just you know you were concerned about the point that i was trying to make and i I was just concerned i was just trying to uh you know acknowledge (laughs) (laughs) i was just i was admiring a new trend basically it's you want to take one of those pictures uh i don't i don't feel the need to um Come on. Feel liberated because I already feel like I'm confident enough in myself. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, for women that are coming out of bad situations or women that feel like that something like that. I mean, there was a time in my life where I wanted to shave my head really bad and I found another way to find liberation. So if if I'm going to take one of those topless pictures, are they pantsless or just topless? Just topless. I I would need to be like screaming on the top of a cliff. Well, most of them are. Yeah. I mean, they're like. Female battle cry. Yeah. I'm liberated! Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's cool. I think any way to feel, you know, to feel power and to gain that power within yourself is in, is inspiring. That's all. Power of the same people, thing, man. Sa- oh, God. You're such a butthead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> same thing with your uh, Netflix thing. We're just, you know, giving just credit to a Just good vibes all around today on yeah. the Modern Thoughts segment. Woo! All right, let's dive into the now. Let's dive into the dark world. <laughs> Semi, we're not we're not gonna get honestly too political because I don't care for that. But I we wanted to talk about our experience as you know we both work in the restaurant industry here in Los Angeles and going through the whole you know unemployment circus. Oh, and when did they shut us shut us down? They shut us down in uh... a restaurant was shut down and just um, you know the extra six hundred benefit. 
you know, just went away at the beginning of this month. Just wanted to talk about how there's, you know, all the problems with what's going on. I think this really got spurred. We we got so angry that nothing has been figured out the last three weeks in Congress. And they're like, oh, it's time for summer break. And they're all going to recess. I'm like, wait, no. It's like we're in the middle of a pandemic. You don't get to go to recess. I'm sorry. You just don't. Like, you got to figure something out. No? I think that you, uh, especially with the benefits ending, the extra benefits ending. And then this whole, I just, I'm going to start off with this, just this whole idea that people don't want to go back to work because they're making too much money on unemployment. Oh, that drives me crazy. Um, just want to state that that's not the case for a good 90% of these people. You just have to realize that before the pandemic, we were making, you know, anywhere between 700 to $1,000 a week, depending on a good week and a slow week. And living off of that, is how our lives were set up, you know, mm -hmm. our bills, everything. And we live in LA. It's not exactly a cheap area to live in. Um, and then you have being told that you, you know, that you can't work because they're closing restaurants down because it's not safe. And, and then you have to live off unemployment, for, which is 450 a week, which is half. Yeah, so that's is a, not a lot. It's not a lot of money to live off in LA, no. let me tell you. It's what, less than 50% of what we normally make. Or no, it's a, it's fifty percent pretty much of what we would normally make. Um, mm. Which on an average week, sure. Yeah, I, I think the point is is that when Congress stepped up to the plate and did that extra six hundred for everybody, I mean that's, I mean it's a lifesaver for a lot of people, right? It just it let you kind of ride out the pandemic, and just kind of have your normal life. And for a lot of people, it increased what they were making before. Like it's almost like you got a pay raise for a few months. For us, it. You know, we crunched the numbers and it just brought us back to kind of where we were before, maybe like a tiny bit more, but pretty it just supplemented our income 100% pre-pandemic. Yeah, that's one of the other reasons we want to do this podcast is this this notion that's being thrown around over and over that if we continue these unemployment benefits, these extra benefits that people don't want to go back to work. It's just absolutely idiotic for so many reasons that we're going to dive into. First of all, if you're unemployment and that's your mindset, you would have to be a complete idiot because I think we all know unemployment only lasts so long. It either expires after time period or you run out of, I mean, you only have a certain amount of funds you can draw from for your personal unemployment. So you'd have to be living for in, lifetime, not just yeah, a year. You'd have to be years. living in la la land to think this is just going to go on forever. The other major problem with it is, is that like you and I, we like going to work. Like we want to work. We're hard workers. The thing is, at the moment, what's going on in Los Angeles, it's we're only allowed to be open outside. You cannot be open inside. So, yes, we are back at work, but there's only everybody's shifts are cut down, right? I think that before you go into this, you should explain how unemployment works. So you have to make to qualify for the whole 450 benefit. $450 in benefits, you have to make, you have to make less than 600. They count 75% of what you make. So if I make 600 a week, I make 450. And then on top of that, now you can qualify. Like I if you go probably have to make like five, you know, $1, yeah, yeah. $1, $1 below less, $5.99. Yeah. Okay. And then on top of that, you got the 600. So if I went back to work and I worked and I made exactly five ninety nine. I would take a dollar, and then I would still qualify for the for this. You make like six hundred one one dollars. Okay. Yes. Now, really, is important during this thing is that you have to understand that we're going back to work, but we're not going back full time. 
because there's not enough shifts and not enough people going out to eat and not enough tables because our table situation has cut down by a third so the outside is not the main part of your restaurant yeah so and even if we live in la they might have some places that have huge patios but most of them have nothing in comparison to what they have i feel lucky because where we work we do have a decent sized patio which is definitely not the case for most restaurants so we are lucky in so many ways but without i mean yeah so you have the you know you have less tables less business then for example our restaurants stop because we only have so many tables and they got to turn a profit there's obviously no more happy hour. It just has to be the regular price menu. The thing is you still have people coming out to eat that don't want to spend is that ex happy hour crowd. Yeah. So they're just they're sitting there with a drink and appetizer for two hours, but they're taking up, you know, one of the twelve available tables you have, which is like every table needs to kind of be if your restaurant's gonna survive, it needs to be like max profit, right? Yeah. That one person sitting there for two hours not spending money, it's taking the table away from maybe somebody else that wants to make a reservation that's like a normal party of four wanting to have dinner. So there's, you end up being stuck in this middle ground most of the time where it, when the benefit was going the extra 600, where it's either, either you're making like 450 or you're making a thousand. And there's this weird middle ground that, because the 600 isn't adjusted, right? It's like either you qualify for it or you don't. Yeah. Either you, either you qualify for at least a dollar of an employment or you don't get it. So I either have to make less than half my salary to get the 600 Mm. but if i make a dollar over then i don't get it so i have to live off that 500 so you need to understand that a lot of people when it first came back they were there wasn't enough shifts but everybody's getting this ppp thing where Mm. they want to keep their staff so they're giving they're scheduling everybody one or two days or three days where they can make the amount to just enough to not qualify for right, unemployment. So especially when we first came back a couple months ago to the restaurant, you'd have these weeks where, okay, so I can either try to not work as much, maybe give up some of my shifts, something like that, and try to make the unemployment, you know, some of it, and then get that extra 600 and maybe you have, maybe you make eight, $900 through that. Or if you worked your three, four shifts, you know, or, well, we were, we were back full. We were lucky to be brought back like five days when we first opened. And you'd work the whole five days and there wasn't enough business and you'd end up making, you know, maybe six fifty, seven hundred, and that's before taxes, and then you don't qualify for the extra six hundred. So you're stuck in this shitty middle ground of, you know, not making either a, too much or making, not enough. Yeah, like making a trying to live off of two thirds of what you normally make, which that adds up. You know, that's my entire rent. Could it, it yeah. can add up to my entire rent for the month. So I think that people just with this I think a lot of businesses just like took it the wrong way. Like a lot of owners took it like, oh, these people don't want to work. You know, I'm giving them a job. And it's like, no, you want to give us a job where we're making, yeah. we're not making what we used to make. Um, and, but we can't qualify to make the other. So I, 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 there needed to be some it's adjustment. It's just way more nuanced than just people, people don't want to go back to work. It's like, no, I, I want to work. And I wish it was as busy as it was pre-pandemic, but it's just not. Yeah, And there's not, you know, they're cutting everyone's shifts down because you only, the patio is only so big. You only need so many people at a restaurant. Um, obviously, I think in an ideal, in an ideal world, you would have had something where the 600, okay, so you, let's see, let's say you made more, you made too much to qualify for unemployment, but not enough what you made, you know, before March when the pandemic started. So the government's going to give you instead of the extra 600, extra 200, extra 300. 
But obviously, that would be such a hard program to implement for millions of people. But I think in an ideal world, that's what you would have done, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, what the problem is, is either we work full time and we're punished, we, we can be punished based on that, or we don't go to work and then we fall into this lump of people that get assume that they don't want to work. And it's like, no, I have bills to pay. I can't afford to live on half my salary. Right. I wish I could, but I can't. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have two children, so, you know, we have the kids. We have four mouths to feed and a and a house payment and a car payment and numerous other bills. So, I mean, we we slim down, but it it's just it's it's rough. Um the other thing that's I think been frustrating for us and just talking to people in general is there is this and still is, I think, this real lack of enforcement of any rules. So, I like LA County, LA City have all these really strict rules. Like we have to wear gloves and face shields and face masks and an apron over a uniform, like all this protective equipment. But when they first announced it, they literally said, a question in the audience asked, like, are you going to have people going around like enforcing these? And they're like, no, we're going to trust people to to, to, right. to be responsible. And, then, and what, then what happened here is we basically got opened up. There was a second shutdown, more or less. Yeah, right? well, basically we opened up and nobody was following the procedures or the protocols. And then everybody got punished, even the ones that were following it, yeah. which our restaurant was following it to a T. And and there was just this like complete lack of. They kept making these threats of like, we're going to take people's liquor licenses away. And they kept saying and saying it. And I haven't seen any no. of it. It's like, OK, well, then then actually do it. Like if you're serious about this, then do it. Because I, I've, you know, driving down Ventura Boulevard here in LA, like we've seen restaurants seating people inside that aren't supposed to be. We've seen. Oh, I've talked to guests who have talked yeah. about walking into certain restaurants where they're regulars that they've known them forever, and they'll let them eat inside. It's just there, there's no protocol. There's no follow through, and um, and then I see these, you know, these lack of pro protocol and follow through, and forces us to shut down again. And I'm not even looking at it from my standpoint. I'm looking at it from a standpoint of like I have several friends or people that I know that are self-employed or they're considered like mm -hmm. tattoo artists or um, hair salon, uh, you know, they're stylists. And which, by the way, I don't know who decided or how it was decided, who was like where dangerous areas are and dangerous areas aren't. But the idea that a salon that has one person working on one person with all the protective gear on that we have to wear at work is less well, it's more dangerous is more dangerous than a, than a restaurant where they're allowed to eat without their masks on i i i can't that entire idea of like tattoo parlors and hairstylists being in the last group to mm -hmm. reopen just completely right. so for, like for people that don't know and here in, here in la the restaurants seem to have taken they were pretty much in one of the first phases to reopen compared to tattoo parlors. We were in the second phase. Second phase. And tattoo, tattoo parlors, uh, hair salons, those they were like in the third phase. And then you have the nail places, which they're like in the fourth phase. Like they haven't even been. Yeah. Even when the hair salons were open here, the, the nail places weren't allowed to open. So I don't I don't always quite understand like how like how I, I get if you know, there's barbershops out here where crowded waiting area and there's like 12 people getting their haircut. I, like that's. That can definitely be an issue, but so many salons here are like kind of luxury one-on-one -on -one experience. And there there's just like no one else There just needed to be around. restrictions. I feel like they should have had like strict restrictions, but not closing and like not lumping them all together because there's such different environments from like the barber shops mm -hmm. that have like, or the, uh, or the stylists that have like five people working in a room and they're working on three people yeah. at the same time. 
it's like, okay, that's that makes sense to me. But so many of the stylists I know have like their own little room or cubby or they share a room with like one or two other people, which you could still do if you put the restrictions that they put on the second time, the first time they reopened. And then all of a sudden they like within two weeks because they weren't, mm -hmm. they were closed down again. And they bought all this protective equipment that they were forced to buy. And now again, they're shut down. Right. And restaurants are allowed to stay open outside. Yeah, I mean, we, we have a couple friends, a hairstylist, and that's what they were saying. It's like, okay, they were allowed to reopen. I don't know if people like quite understand how much all this protective equipment costs, all the, the gloves, right? Buying the, the disposable face masks, like the prices of those have been jacked up because everyone's buying them. Um, I remember when our restaurant bought all these plexiglass dividers and I couldn't believe how, ex like, I had no idea how expensive plexiglass was at the moment, like spent thousands of dollars. And I think it's one thing for a restaurant to do it. That's like this big full fledged business. But I feel like so many of these, you know, especially if we're talking about like hairstylists, so many of them are, they're kind of like this one person operation. You well, they're, I mean? what are they considered? What's the word? The, like the independent contractors, independent contractors, yeah. which also are the ones that are not, we're not able to collect unemployment for like well, for a while yeah for a while well, the system wasn't set up for it which i understand yeah. but it's just but I, I just felt bad for them because they were allowed to reopen and literally what two three weeks later they did the rollbacks it's like oh my god well okay so this person had to spend all this money and now i mean they'll use it down the road i'm sure but it sucks for the short term it's just that's money that could have paid rent right and they are now also on the 450 instead of the 1050, right. making a, a third of what they made before trying to pay the same amount of bills. Sorry, a little frustrated. And I do, to go on a positive note, I, I do feel lucky in so many ways to be in California during this because oh, yeah. compared to what I've seen from other governors, and so our governor, Gavin Newsom, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to go into politics and what you think of what he's done, but I think at the very least, you can't argue with the fact that he's taken just like a full-on leadership role and he's constantly doing press briefings and he's taking charge of the situation which that's all i really care about yeah so I'm many of the even, other I, I don't even want to go into that as much as just california is is very set up in terms of yeah. being able to collect i don't know if it's because we have so many people or it's such a big state but you, well, you heard there about these states where people like waited months for months unemployment. and months and it was like literally we applied for unemployment when it first broke down yeah, like two and weeks like later right three, it was three weeks three it weeks. took it took three weeks for us to get our first check but like no time at all compared to some of these other people that was like four months in and you can't get a phone call through and you can't this and it's like yeah i don't know about the phone situation because i doubt i don't mm -hmm. i never i don't use the phone i use the internet but the internet process was so easy. And yes, yeah. it's slightly confusing at certain points, but it's definitely overall, the website's a little bit of a hot mess. Yeah, sure. but I mean, but overall, as long as you were careful and you took the time or at least asked somebody for help, like mm -hmm. you could you could get it the second that you applied for it. Yeah. Which less the fact that we have that because <laughs> well, I don't I mean, know what Cal we would have done. California being like a nation state and there we have more money than most states and maybe Maybe that translates into having some of the government systems more set up. We also have like a, one up. of the biggest tech communities. That's true. I feel like that might have something to do with I'm it. I'm sure like, it's all influences everything. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm very lucky in that sense, but I just feel disheartened by government <laughs> right now with the fact that they decided that all these people, and I'm even talking about us because like I said, we're lucky, we're open. At least we have something coming mm -hmm. in. But all these people that are down to 450 a week when they used to make double that or even more. Yeah. Like I I can't even fathom how ridiculous they're not doing anything about it. Yeah, and to me it's not even like 
a Democrat versus Republican thing. Oh, no, it's I think a whole thing. You can point fingers to certain things on both sides. It's like, it, this can't be like negotiating another relief thing for three to four weeks, then go oh, into recess. Oh, you mean recess. you don't want to put in the fact that there needs to be a new FBI headquarters into the new coronavirus stimulus <laughs> package? I think that's really important to decide and negotiate on when there's people that are making a quarter of what they were, and some that aren't even able to get unemployment. Yeah, that's, that's what's so frustrating is all the red tape. And it's just, you know, I, I talked to my mom on the phone the other day i don't think i told you this yet <laughs> one of the first things she said to me she goes how does it feel to live in a country that's abandoning you and i was like jesus like that's deep because <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like is happening sometimes i mean i know republicans are working on a new deal and they're like about to release it but it's like you you're never going to be able to do i mean you they're never going to be able to communicate through this process if they're not in one room together and i wish that they had better communication and could put a, a part the bipartisan lines, but they're not going to be able to. So putting them in a room together where maybe they might be able to get something accomplished, this should have happened before the stimulus package ran out. Like, it, but that's people another are in frustrating trouble. thing is there is there seems to be no talks until like something runs out. The second you have one stimulus bill, like you should be working on the next one because I don't. I feel like we have almost another year of it. Like I don't think this is going anywhere unless miraculously a vaccine pops up. But even that's going to have his issues distributing that. Yeah, it just, you know, it just seems frustrating sometimes. The vibe you get reading the news is some of these politicians think that it's like you're on the back end of this thing and most people are doing fine. And I like, I, I don't get the vibe that most people are doing fine. I just feel like it's a huge blame game and I feel like it's being politicized yeah. instead of um, being addressed. And I, I get that there's a huge election coming up and I get that, that both sides are very powered. But to be honest with you, I don't give a shit about any of that. At this current moment, what I care about is my friends and family being able to pay their bills. And, um, and I think that we're at a point where you would think that they would be able to put that first. And I feel like they haven't. People always seem to be so confused about everything that's going on because there's so much noise, right? You have Congress who can't figure out their stuff. And then one day later, you have the White House signing these executive orders. My favorite one being the, what was it, the payroll tax relief thing that he signed? Yeah, so right now there's a current thing where he just signed he just assigned a thing where he said that if the the states pay 25%, that the federal will cover the other 75 and that the stimulus relief is 400. And it's an executive order, which to me is a little weird because I I didn't think that that was really something that he could control was financial, but right, well, um, that's what people are arguing. Um but then again, like almost every single state is pretty much like at their wits end with finances because, you know, they're putting all this money into testing and all this other mm -hmm. stuff and and they don't have the enough money to cover 25 percent. so then he changed then they changed it and it was uh that they'll give you the 300 but then there's other you can't qualify like only certain states can qualify so as of right now i said nine states or 11 states i think it was 11 okay so 11 states have qualified and they some of the states need the money really bad and other states are not even going through that bad of a situation but um mm -hmm. no but the the other one he signed was where oh where you're talking about the, the, the payroll taxes i'm sorry where I you're, you're deferring it was about six percent of the payroll taxes the stuff that goes to social security and I, I forget the details of the other one but people realize is that it's the president only has the power to the to delay when the taxes are due. He can't actually completely defer it. So, so if, he made if people were to take payroll tax deferments out of their paychecks, you would just end up with a really big tax bill next year. And it's like, how does that? Okay, wait, hold on. Let me explain that a little bit clearer. So normally, when you get your paycheck, your company takes out allocates money to pay the taxes that you owe at the end of the year. Okay, 
Um, and so, you know, you claim you have one and they claim a certain, they take out a certain amount. And um, what we he's trying to do, per paycheck. yeah, per paycheck. Yeah. So what he's claiming is, is that they defer those taxes right now and that they're not going to take them out. But the problem is, is that you're still, when you go to file next year, you'll still owe that money. So all, and now all that money that you've deferred, now you have to come up in a lump sum. And one of the reasons why they put, they have this in the first place is because to come up with a lump sum, most people are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. And if you have the money, you spend it. So there are some people that don't do that, but most, most people cannot, like if they have that physical money, they spend it on the food that they need. Most people are living outside of their means as it is. So the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. It's, it's, it's a true fact. So it doesn't make any sense to defer something that they're not going to be able to pay later because you can't recover overnight from something like this. Mm -hmm. One year from now, not working and making half of what you normally make for six months isn't going to all of a sudden change. Your situation isn't all going to all of a sudden change overnight and ha you have the money to pay these taxes. So it just seems a little silly and a little it's like putting, not thought out. It's like the water main on your on your street burst and you're like trying to put duct tape over it. Like yeah. it's just <laughs> it's but we, we I mean like... I understand the process because what it's what I mean the point of it is is to make people think that that they're there to save you and they're going to give you the money but no one's going to see that money. Now to the White House's credit, I mean Trump does seem to always be in favor of continuing these unemployment benefits. So, so it's like you can't completely. even you can't even blame him for this. It's just so much of it comes down to Congress and they're just butting heads and nothing seems to be done. And it seems like it should be such a bipartisan issue. Like people are struggling out there. I mean, this is what government is all about, right? Or should be is helping the people. And I don't know why it's such a struggle to get anything passed. It just seems bizarre to me. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's very politicized and it shouldn't be. It should be about people and what they need. Any other takes? I didn't want to make this too long. I just, I think we really just kind of wanted to, part of it was venting and frustration, but also dispelling, I think, some of the myths that are out there from two people that, like, we are, we're right in the middle of this. Like, we work in the restaurant industry. We're in one of the hot zones. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I wish I could just go back to normal work, but it's just, that's nowhere in sight it's not going to happen overnight we'll see what happens right now the outside seating works because it's summer oh no it doesn't because the last week it's been over 110 and our incredibly hot it's been so hot that nobody wants to come so you know being outside has its benefits for the disease but it doesn't always have the benefits for rain and yeah. seasonal issues so i just can't imagine i mean if you were just if you were a bartender in the place that's just the bar and doesn't serve food like you're still not open i just i can't imagine like point, right now being on well that's the same thing with our our friends that are hairstylists like they're living off of 450 right now yeah. you know it's just it's crazy to me well, some of them are doing house calls but it's like you know and they're not supposed to be doing house uh, yeah. calls but we all know they are i mean you see any politicians that haven't gotten a haircut out there <laughs> nope they all look pretty clean and shaved um, yeah, i mean there's i i just feel lucky to have some sort of work honestly and there's, oh, yeah. there's so many people that are their business is still not open or they weren't brought back after the pandemic if you if you qualified for the maximum of 450 in March, it's gonna, you know, I should have crunched the numbers before we started this, but that's gonna run out before the end of the year, like your fund. Because I remember doing the, our own numbers on it, you know, in the middle of the original quarantine. I was like, well, this doesn't last for the rest of the year. <laughs> like, I'm like waiting for them to reopen. Come on. But yeah, it's, man, it's a lot of moving pieces. And it's just, I think it's just so much more complicated than people give it credit for on both sides. Like, we're yelling here at the politicians, but I, you know, there's so much we don't know about either. And it's, yeah, we can only speak to our own perception. Yeah, like we're complaining that 
you know, why are they opening up these businesses and not other businesses? And it's, you know, I'm sure they have their reasons. I don't think the governor is anything against, you know, salons and nail parlors. Like, I'm sure they're working off of the best knowledge they have. But it's it's just, I guess, part of my own perception and questioning. Because ne- I never heard a good reason of why certain businesses get to open and others don't get to reopen. I, I never like, I heard would, the explanation. I would love to see those numbers because I'm, I'm honestly curious about it. But I remember looking it up a little while ago and I couldn't find anything on it. Just a lot going on. We hope you guys are all doing well out there. Got that 2020 vision. Remember that from January? <laughs> That's a good vision. <laughs> this is my favorite. People were so optimistic in January. 2020 vision it's just been a hot mess of a year it's definitely been um freeing in the sense of like you really reevaluate everything that's going on in your life and well the the silver lining of when our restaurant did get shut down and we were unemployed was we really sat down and took stock of what was necessary and what wasn't yeah like cutting the fat off the monthly budget and i mean we we noticed like two months in how much because we used to go out you know maybe once a week but you don't even realize how much that adds up and like how much money we were saving just cooking at home three times a day yeah like i, I feel like i've really nailed down like my financial game yeah during you definitely 2020. that's been the fat. silver lining yeah i've honestly gotten so much better with money so i guess that's the good part yeah and i i feel like my habits have changed i mean we'll we'll see once you know if one two years from now everything goes back to normal but i do feel like part of my i don't feel core habits yeah i don't feel the need totally anymore. changed through this yeah i don't feel the need anymore like, to like I, I feel buy I know, the extra shirt i i feel like i gotta gl- make maybe a one percent glimpse of what people felt like that left through the you know the people that lived through the great depression and like people's grandparents and they would be so frugal still in their 90s oh yeah my grandma was like ridiculous like she would take the sugar packets from restaurants because you know then she didn't have to buy the sugar like not not that we are in anything close to that yet here but I, i feel like i just just a glimpse of oh yeah like these these events can totally just change your habits for the long term oh yeah my grandma used to like keep the kleenex until it was completely used because kleenex was expensive it wasn't (laughs) something you could like throw away you know after one use so you know those those little habits that you noticed when you were younger that you thought were so weird now they all kind of make sense definitely something i try to keep track of as the years go by like okay did like looking back on 2020 like do I still have some of those habits that I've started now? Yeah. Because I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I honestly don't miss eating out all the time. But we, you should eat do, out and you should support the businesses and the restaurants. I, I do miss it sometimes, but I, I don't, I felt like once a week I just had to get out of the house and like do it. It was like a necessity. I don't feel like it's a necessity anymore. Well, we've we, learned to like be more creative with date night, I think. Yeah. You know? Um, Netflix we, we only is, recently net, going started. back to your original point, your Netflix has been a kind of a savior <laughs> That's in that right, side. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we started getting old school. We actually got the Netflix DVD subscription. <laughs> it's a nice surprise in the mail. Because <laughs> it's it's like dirt cheap, and you you don't have to. I don't have to wait for the movies to come on the streaming platform. I just I watch all the new movies I want. Yeah, well, I think for me, it's it's I don't have to make the decision. Because, you know, we will sit there for like 30 minutes and like, what about this? And or no, how about this? Or it's no, like, I'm not no, in the mood for this tonight. When you have this physical, physical DVD, DVD line, it's like you have to watch it. You have to it. watch it because then it prevents you from getting the and next for, one. For anyone who hasn't done this in a while, because I think there's a lot of people out there that have not touched a Blu-ray or DVD in yeah. some years now. Like popping, like taking that DVD out, mm-hmm. 
or I should say Blu-ray, taking the disc out and like popping it in there and you turn on the TV. Like it's like a whole weird, it like means so much more to watch the movie. It's like a whole weird ritual. It's that. And it's I, for me, it's I, for me, it's the biggest thing is just that the decision is made. It's like, you know what you want to go see when you go into the movie theater. Yeah. You're not going to debate, you know, because you've seen the trailers, you already know, you know what I mean? So when that movie comes out, you're going to see it. And I feel like it's something like that. It's like, we've already picked our movies. Mm -hmm. And when it comes in the mail, you already know you want to see that one. Right. So you're just going to watch it. To me, it was just, it, it was like more of a, it made the movie experience like more official. Like, yeah. Like going to a movie theater. Yeah. Like, okay, I got to actually insert this physical thing. It's like when you, you know, I, I think that's why vinyl took off, you know, 10 years ago again. Because I think this, having like an actual tangible media thing, like, there's something to it. Yeah. It's under underrated, I think. I haven't seen CDs come back yet. No. So I don't know if that <laughs> tangible thing applies yeah, to the records. You know, vinyl was all but dead and then made this, I mean, still is, like this giant comeback. Well, vinyl, it's just like a... I know, but I'm just saying, I think at the core of that is that you have this physical thing that you're interacting with. No? Yeah, and I think Part of it is sound. vinyl. Some people swear by the sound of vinyl. Yeah, I, I think there's saying, a I think, difference. I think it's part of it is... You know, taking taking something out of the sleeve and you put the needle down on the vine, like the whole kind of ritual around. Yeah, rituals right? are are a thing that we're kind of missing these Instead days. Instead of me sitting on the couch scrolling through Netflix for thirty minutes, like ah, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to get my drink and I got my popcorn. I'm gonna pop the disc in and I don't know something nice about it. Agreed. That's the closest thing we can get to going to the movie theater right now. I think. Yes. Which I don't think I will be doing anytime soon. No. There was just an article this morning where they were saying it's some, I forget, some medical expert. He's like, that's literally the last thing I would do right now is go into a movie theater. Though I think that drive through movies should come back come in back. style because I was always upset when it went out of style. And I think that that was a great experience, which I have yet to, to partake in. But um, I, I think well, I, I will be. The, the they they're doing more drive-in movie theater stuff around here in LA. Yeah, and it's I mean you can't even get the tickets no. That's the problem. Like it's like because people want to get out of the house, they're looking for stuff. something, yeah. and it's something that's safe. Like literally, they sold out like months in advance, and it's like it doesn't even matter what there's. It's like they Jesus like bewitched. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, like old movies. It's not new movies, <laughs> but I I want to do it. Like I almost want to buy one for like three weeks in advance. Literally just because, doesn't matter what they put yeah, on. It's just no. the fact that people can go somewhere. <laughs> It's an experience. I'm going to get the kids out of the house. I don't know. All right. All so right. now that we've totally veered off course, I mm -hmm. think it's time to wrap this up. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, and we will catch you guys on the next episode of Modern Life. Want to say bye, Stacey? Bye. <laughs>